Hey guys, Pastor Jürgen here. We're so excited you're tuning into one of our amazing messages. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, it's going to be real, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to help you to grow stronger in your walk with God. It's going to put faith on the inside of you. It's going to cause you to be able to walk in greater dimensions of blessing and enlargement so that you can be a blessing to other people. Well, lean in, enjoy the Word. God bless you. All right, well, come with me in your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 1. I just want to thank uh, Reuben and the team. I always send them the notes as I'm driving in in my Tesla on auto drive on the freeway. Hands free, and, and Reuben's always wonderful. So the title of my message this morning, actually, let's go to Acts 1-3. Acts 1-3 talks about Jesus after he rose from the dead, uh, to whom he presented himself alive after his suffering, suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days, and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. I thought, isn't that interesting? Jesus is risen from the dead. For the next 40 days after rising from the dead, he's revealing himself to his disciples with many infallible proofs. And of all the things that he's speaking to them about, he's speaking to them things pertaining to the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. There, there, are, there are the kingdoms of men. And then there's the kingdom of God. There's the kingdoms of Pelosi and Mussolini and Nathan Fletcher. And then there's the kingdom of God. And let me tell you, the, sing- the kingdom of God is no second-rate kingdom. It may be invisible, but it is powerful. Gravity is invisible, but step off a building and you'll experience its power. The, the, the law of left may be invisible, but when you see a, a plane jetting along the runway and the wind passing over the curve on the, that, that, that Boeing 747 can be filled with people and filled with luggage and it'll go up and it'll stay up all the way across the oceans of the world and land at its destination because of a law that's there. It's invisible, but don't tell me it's not powerful. It is powerful. In the same way, Jesus Jesus speaks to things pertaining to the kingdom of God. If I was about to go up to heaven, and this was my last 40 days with, with my disciples, I would be speaking to them about what is most important. The thing that is most, and the thing that is most important is the kingdom of God. So uh, the title of my message to, today is Kingdom Revealers. Kingdom Revealers revealers. If, if you said to me, hey, pastor, you know, how do you decide what you're going to preach on a Sunday? How do you, how do you, you know, come up with your, your messages, with your message prep? Like, like, like what, what, what is it that motivates you every Sunday, every Wednesday, every Wednesday night to have a, have a fresh word from God? I would say that our job, my job, our pastors, our leaders, our teaching pastors, Our assignment is to bring that which is invisible and bring it into the light. Bring that which is hidden and make it known. To reveal the invisible kingdom because the invisible kingdom is what gives us lift. 
above gravity, above that which has kept us bound or kept us down or kept us locked on the ground. It's what elevates us. It's what it's that there's an invisible kingdom called the kingdom of God. Jesus says, when you go, I want you to preach the gospel and cast out demons and heal the sick and cleanse lepers. And as you're doing all of that, proclaim that the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Our job, you and I are on an assignment to bring the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God into the earth. We don't need to fear the kingdoms of Mussolini. We don't need to fear the kingdoms of Herod. We don't need to fear the kingdoms of this world. Even Jesus said to Pilate, I don't even need to answer you. If my kingdom was of this world, my disciples would fight for my release. But my kingdom is not of this world. And the Bible says, Pilate was so rocked, he sought from that time to try to release Jesus. And then he put a, a, a sign over Jesus's head, this is the king of the Jews. I've met a whole bunch of you guys. This guy is your king. Even I can identify that as a corrupt politician is what Pilate said, but the Pharisees refused to see it. But I'm telling you, our assignment, our job is to help people understand that there are laws in play. They are invisible laws, but they are eternal laws. In fact, the Bible says that which is visible is temporal, but that which is invisible is eternal. Our job is to teach people the eternal law of God. And so Jesus, if, if you dive in, we don't have time to, to get through. I'm going to try and do five, but thank you for the, thank you for the vote of confidence. And uh, unbelievable. Thank you. Household of faith, and there's two people with faith in the whole building. I believe Pastor can get through that. Sure you do. All right. Uh, so it's interesting. Jesus bursts onto the scene and just, just in his very, very first sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, you know, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the first sermon is just laced with stuff that was blowing people's mind. People hadn't, hadn't heard this stuff before. So I want to give you five quick ones, and there's many, many more, of the invisible being made visible, the, the eternal kingdom coming in. The first one is what I call the log splinter factor. The log splinter factor. Matthew 7 Verses three to five. Why do you look at the speck or the splinter in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank or log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye? And look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite. I love Jesus' preaching. No, you can't. Jesus, look, we can't have you up there preaching again. You don't call people hypocrites. Like we're trying to reach the lost. If we want to reach the lost, you can't start calling people hypocrites, can you? Like you're offensive. Stop, tone it down. Like, are you angry, Jesus? Pastor Leanne says, you got to go and see Mike Connell calling people hypocrites. <laughs> Just being naughty. All right. <laughs> Ow! Ow! Leanne! You love me. All right, hypocrite. First remove the plank from your own eye. Then, watch this, then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Now, if you look at, uh, at verses 1 and 2, which preceded it, Jesus is talking about judging. He says, judge not lest you be judged. And it's very interesting for, because Jesus is saying, hey, whatever you notice in somebody else, believe it or not, it's growing in you. You will find, and you probably notice this over 2020, 2021, the very things that they accused Trump, they're doing. 
the very thing they, the enemy accuses the righteous of is the very things that they are doing. They're the ones overthrowing democracy. They're the ones who want to put their uh, political opponents in prison. They're the ones who have conspiracy theories. They're the ones who believe lies, the big lie. They're, they're, they're the ones who are promoting propaganda. They're the ones who are trying to silence. They're the ones who are hypocrites. And I, I've seen this happen in church. Whenever you hear somebody judging somebody, I remember in the, in the 80s, there was uh, a couple of big ministries that fell. Uh, Jimmy Swagger, Jimmy Baker, and it was amazing. They were on TV, and I remember one was pointing out this other person's sin and adultery, only to find that that person was living in the same sins and the same adultery. In fact, probably 10x what the other one was, because whatsoever things you judge, that's what you practice. And so Jesus says, hang on, wow, that's awesome that you noticed. You noticed that splinter in your brother's eye? Hey, why don't you first... Understand that there's a log growing in your own eye. Deal with yourself first. So whenever something triggers you in somebody else, whenever something, oh man, you know, they're a flipping hypocrite. Man, they don't keep their word. They, don't, they make promises and don't follow through. Whatever it is that you get all incensed about, believe it or not, just turn that little mirror in and you'll find, oh shoot, I suck. That's... and. But it's a good thing. It's a good thing because what, whatsoever things you judge in others is actually growing in you. And if you will first deal with your own heart, if you will first deal with your own log, Jesus says something very, very profound. He says, then you'll see clearly. Then you will see clearly to help your brother remove the, the speck. I remember many years ago when I was still a youth pastor and, uh, and I was traveling around preaching. And the, the beautiful thing about the, the Christian journey is that while we're alive, we never arrive. And I, if I was honest with you, I love that. I'm a voracious reader. I can't read enough. Like I'm sad when I look at the watch and it's 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock. So I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to fall asleep any minute now. And all my reading and all my learning's got to come to an end. I can't listen to enough podcasts listen to enough audiobooks, read enough, because I, I just feel like I'm just on the precipice of growing. But I remember many years ago, as a youth pastor, I had this, this kind of time with, with God. Funny enough, it was on a plane. There's something about 30,000 feet, I think, because you're closer to heaven. And, uh, and I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, Jürgen, I want you to stop practicing what you preach. And I'm like, this is a devil. <laughs> I'm like, no, far be it from me to be a hypocrite. I will continue to practice what I preach. And the Holy Spirit said, actually, no, no, no. I want you to flip it. I want you to start preaching what you practice. And I'm like, gosh, darn it. That could take six to nine months. Because <laughs> it was much easier. I'd get a revelation and then I'd preach it. And then I'm trying to, you know, like catch up to it myself. You know, and then I'd preach it. And try and catch up to it and preach it. And try and catch up to it. And it's like, okay, no more of that. He goes, what I want you to do is I want you to live it first. When I show you something before you give it to them, take it and apply it to you. And then you'll realize how difficult it is to change, to shift, to adjust, to, to pull down strongholds and paradigms and apply it to your life. He says, and when you do that, all of a sudden you'll find that your preaching will be seasoned with grace. 
The worst kind of preaching is where it's all espoused but never lived because it's harsh and it's, there's a level of judgment and unless you all repent, you'll perish. And it's, but when you yourself are applying the stuff to your life, you realize, my God, the challenge, the difficulty. And as you share it, people are like, oh my God, that's how I feel. Wow, and that's what you did, man. Now I can follow you because if you did A, B, and C and face these obstacles to get there, now I can. It's the log splinter factor. And you will find that if you always, whatever, whatever triggers you in somebody else, it's just a rule of thumb. I've got this in my life. Whenever I feel really, you know, like I want to change my name to Judgy Judgerson. Oh, that guy's an absolute pelling. That guy's a moron. And then it's like the Holy Spirit goes, oh, shoot. But it's so good for you. You're like, fudge, that's growing in me. Oh, God, hang on. Sorry. And then deal with yourself, deal with your own heart. And then all of a sudden you find that you still see the brokenness in the other person, but you'll have a grace. And watch this, your agenda. So it starts off, he's pointing out the splinter. And then Jesus says, if you'll deal with your own thing, now you'll see clearly to help remove. So I no longer just judge this guy. And then, all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, man, oh, Jesus, you know, help them, help them to see, help. Everything shifts. The log splinter factor. Number two. Number two. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Somebody believes in me. Number two. The treasure heart factor. Matthew 6, 21. Matthew 6, 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. One of the things that we continuously get, uh, you know, criticized for or, you know, uh, the, the awakened church mockers.com. Every week at Awakened Church, they talk about money. Why do you have to talk about money? Every single week. And it's like, because the Bible says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus said about his generation, he says, their lips draw near to me, but their heart is far from me. Believe it or not, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Believe it or not, above all, all else, guard your heart for out of it spring the issues of life. We are stewards of hearts. We, 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 become, we become ineffective pastors if it's all about haircuts and women can't wear makeup and women shouldn't wear pants. I'm not saying they run around pantless. I'm saying, you know, but there are churches where, you know, women can't wear pants, have to wear, you know, slack. I mean, um, have to wear dresses and... And, uh, you know, and, and, and men shouldn't have their, you know, hair over their collar. And, 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 it's, and it's all external facade. God, God couldn't give a rip about the, the external. God says to Samuel, what are you doing? He's like, oh, man, Eliab, look at the guy. Look at the guy. Highly decorated military leader, tall, handsome. God says, man, I've refused him. God doesn't see as a man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance. The Lord looks at the heart. He says, I've already selected a, a king and I found a, a heart that is after my heart. And it's David. God looks at the heart. It's the condition of the heart that determines your eternity. 
Or you can go through greetings and salutations, brethren. Praise the Lord, brother. Hallelujah. Jesus said to the disciples, you guys are like whitewashed tombs. Oh, my gosh. He says, you guys are spot. You guys have so figured out this religion thing that on the outside you look flawless, but you intimidate people. But on the inside, you are full of corruption, extortion, adultery, wickedness, all kinds of evil. You're full of dead men's bones. But on the outside, and he says, you lay up burdens that nobody can carry because you fake it till you make it. Clean the inside of the dish and then the outside. So Jesus wants us to, to deal with hearts. So every week we teach around giving. Because no, there's no other thing in the scripture that says where your something is, there your heart will be also. But the Bible does say where your treasure is, there your heart. You can't, I can't say that I love my wife if when I look at the, the, the ledger at the end of the month, I haven't spent any money off it. I haven't taken her out. I haven't, you know, bought her gifts. If I haven't, if it, because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Oh, I love God. Really? Let me, let me see your checkbook. I'll tell you what you love. Oh, you like sports. Where your treasure is, there your heart. Now, how many people here know, how many people in here know for real, God does not need your money. So let me just say this. When, when we take an offering up, you know, we're not kind of crying. And, and if, you give, if you don't give, we're going under. Like, God is... It's not, like, it's not like the angels got together in heaven and said, you know, hey, God, like we love it. We're not complaining. We're not complaining. Like heaven is awesome, totally awesome. But streets of gold, serious? Streets. Gold. Silver would have been adequate. We just ride on them. Bronze would have been fine. Little chariots riding on bronze. Why gold? And God's like, yeah, you're right. I just got carried away and... Do you think Jurgs will take up some offerings? We'll get them take up. We'll look. We'll get the churches to take up offerings, pay for all this gold you've got on the street. There's, there's no shortage in heaven. God does not need your money. Listen to me again. I can't believe a preacher is saying this. God does not need your money. But what I love about him is he still wants it. What are you saying? He doesn't need it. No. But he wants it, yeah. Isn't that greedy? No. If God doesn't need my money, why does he want it? Why does he ask me to tithe and then bring in offerings? Because of Matthew 6, 21. Because where my treasure is there, my... It's not about the treasure. It's about the heart. Your heart is attached to your treasure. When I bring my treasure to the, the house of God, my heart is in the house of God. If I, if I withhold my treasure, I'm withholding my heart. If I steal my treasure, I steal my heart. That's why we don't put people in leadership who don't tithe. And I've had people in the past say, well, well, you know, why, well, you know but, you know, they've got a gift, they've got an anointing. They've got like giftings over here. They're a, an apostle. Why would you not put them? Because if they're going to steal from God, they're going to steal from me. Why would it? Jesus had 12 disciples. One was stealing the tithes and offerings, Judas. Which one betrayed him? Judas, the guy stealing from God. Why would we? Where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. So that's why I found that sometimes when, when I've been 
you know, seduced by the things of the world or my heart, you know, struggling with the things of God, I found the greatest thing in a worship service is, you know what, I'm going to write a freaking check. And then sometimes just put a big fat zero on the back end of it. Just so it stings a little bit. And it's amazing. It's amazing that where your, your heart will be. You can navigate your heart, bringing your treasure into the house of God. Number three, the least revealer. So this is all Jesus is teaching. Luke 16, 10. Jesus says, whoever is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. Whoever is unfaithful in what is least will also be unfaithful in what is much. The least revealer. I remember when I first met Dr. Matt in the corporate world, they had a saying that how you do anything is how you do everything. How you do anything is how you do everything. You know, we, we had some business people who always, they always had this deal in Mexico where it was just about to be, just about to be signed. Like this, this, this big gas pipeline, this big oil deal going to make hundreds of millions. They're going to go from zero to hero. They, 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 they drive a borrowed car. They've got broken teeth and scraggly hair, but they're about to be multi-millionaires. But, oh, man, it's just, it's just held up. The, 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 the lawyers, they just need an extra 10 grand. But you're going to make hundreds of millions, just 10 grand. And so these... Lost everything. It's like... The least, if you can't even get your teeth fixed, if you can't even, I remember sitting with a guy who, who heard that we had, I think, about two million in, in the bank account and we were believing for our first building. This is just before we bought Bressy. And he heard about it and he wanted to meet with me, kind of cornered me in church and said that he, he does this investment thing. And so he sat down with me, he told me that, you know, if we gave him 1.5 million, that he, he has this, this investment where he makes 25% per month. And that he could, he could double our, our, our money in just four months. And, but all we had to do was give it to him. And, and, and you know, and he's, he's kind of, you know, he's kind of talking about all this stuff. And it sounded like, man, 1.5, then we could have 3 million. You know, but that means with the other 500 grand, then we could have 3.5. Man, we could, like, that would help us. You know, and so I'm sitting there and the Holy Ghost goes, look at his shoes. I'm like, Holy Spirit, please, please. Oh, dear goodness, like, stop being carnal. Man looks on the outward appearance. God looks at, look at his heart. He's here to help me. And the Holy Ghost is like, oh, myself. He's like, look at his freaking Walmart sneakers. Yeah, they're pretty cheap sneakers. And he's like bragging away, 25%, millions, and I'm thinking, if you're making all this money, how come you're wearing Walmart sneakers? And then when, when it came time to pay the coffee, so I'm like, oh, uh, uh, oh, I must be paying for the coffee. And then the Holy Ghost goes, unjust in least, unjust in much, unfaithful in least, Unfaithful in. So I had enough warning signs 
to say, actually, we'll take a pass. And he kind of got a little bit incensed. But then we, we heard that he went down to Corpus Christi uh, in Texas and uh, a beautiful Hispanic church that had a little over a million dollars. He did the same spear with them. They gave him what they had, lost everything because he was running a Ponzi scheme. The FBI followed up with us and then with him. And that guy is now in prison for running a, a Ponzi scheme. But it was the, the, the least revealer that helped us to see how somebody, how somebody does the least thing is how they do the great thing. That's why one of the greatest things that you can understand is be faithful with what you have right now. You will always live in a place where you're not in your dream yet. You should always have a vision in front of you. you should, well, this is not my dream. I know it's not your dream, but God is doing his watching and he's testing because before I put you into that elevator position I want to know can you be can you be faithful in this position can you be faithful behind the scenes or do you whine or do you complain or do you backbite or do you because if you can be faithful in what is least what is least important least attractive least sexy least you know well I just wish I was on the on the pulpit and I wish I was under the spotlight and I wish my name was in light. Well, well God is looking, can you sweep bathrooms? Can you plunge toilets? Can you pick up trash? Can you wave to people as they come into church? Can you help people find a seat? Can you pick up newsletters? Can you, because God's elevation is different to man's elevation. God elevates based on faithfulness and he always tests you in what is least. If you cannot be faithful in what is least, you won't be faithful in what is much. Number four. Come on, we're doing good. Come on. Your words locator factor. The words locator factor. Matthew 12, 34. Have a look at this one. This one's one of my favorite ones. Matthew, oops, too far. Matthew 12, verse 34. It says, brood of vipers. I love this. Oh, Leanne's so sending Jesus to Mike Connell. <laughs> Me first. I do. I need to get that log out of my own eye. Um, brood of vipers. How could you be evil? I love Jesus. Oh. So beautiful. Brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You can always tell somebody's heart. Well, you know, we don't know what's in their heart. Yes, you do. No, pastor, you can't see in a person's heart. Oh, you may not be able to see it, but you can hear it. Because out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Your words locate you. I can tell whether you've got fear in your heart, negativity in your heart, unfaithfulness in your heart. Today, my Bible reading, two prostitutes come to Solomon with one baby that's alive and one baby that's dead. And Solomon says, so let me just get the facts right. You say the live one is yours and the dead one's hers, but you say the live one's yours and the dead one's hers. Yeah. He goes, all right, bring me a sword. What? Bring me a sword. Here's your sword, your highness. What are you going to do with it? Cut the baby in half and give half to each one. The first one, no, 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 no. Let her have it. Let her have it. The other one, no. Cut him in half. Jesus says, that's not the mama. That's the mama. And everyone was amazed at the wisdom. How did, how did Solomon know that? Because out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth spoke. He saw that this woman 
was in grief and in shame and in loss and in anguish over the death of her child. And so she wanted the death of the other child. But this mama says, no, let her have it. That's the real mama. Because a real mama doesn't want any harm to come to her child, let alone other children, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth always speaks. You can always say when you're when you're when you're with somebody, listen to the someone that's always whining, lack of faith. And it's interesting, we were like grasshoppers in our sight, and we were like grasshoppers in their sight. Nowhere did the enemy say, When we look at you, it's you little grasshopper, we want to crush underfoot. They never said that. Not once did the enemy say, come here, little Israelite grasshopper, I crush you. I crush you like I do dance coming out of shower with towel. I will crush you under, you, you will be like little grasshopper guts coming up through my toes. They never said that. They never said that. To the Israelites, said, we were like grasshoppers in our side, grasshoppers. There was a projection. Listen to me. These were the ones who kept saying, let's go back, let's go back. Because victims always look back. Victors always look forward. Joshua and Caleb, what are you talking about? They are our bread. They are our food. Let us go up at once. This is the land God has promised to give us. This is the land where God is working for us, fighting for us to drive them out. This is our inheritance. They were looking forward. They were victors. These other guys were looking backwards. They were victims. When you sit with people and they were hard done by here and they were hard done by there. And then Pastor Becky, two years ago, you didn't have any, you don't want, no, no, no. Leave all of that. Stop being victims. Stop being victors. Look forward. <laughs> Deal with those issues in your heart because your the words of your mouth are a locator of the condition of your heart. You don't want it. Listen. This life is too important. I don't want to carry faithlessness. I don't want to carry victim mindsets. I don't want to carry negativity. I don't want to carry fear. I don't want to carry poverty. But if I hear it coming out of my mouth, oh dear God, when I hear those words, oh, you know, it's so difficult. Oh, it's life. When I hear that coming out of my mouth, I'm like, dear God, what is growing in my heart? I need to do some weeding in my heart because all of those things are going to be a limit and a ceiling on my life. I don't want those things to, because out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, but above all else, guard your heart because it determines the condition of your life. And the last one. You're so kind, I'm a minute over. The last one is what I call the responsibility revealer. In Luke 16, 12, Luke 16, 12, Jesus says, if you have not been faithful with what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? How many people know that Joseph's dream came to pass? Come on, how many people know that Joseph had a dream? A dream that the sheaves were bowing down to him. Then he has a second dream that the sun, moon, and the 11 stars bow down to him. So his dream came to pass. Disney says, you know, if you watch any of the Disney channels or you go to any motivational speakers, don't let anybody stand in the way of your dreams. If you're going to run people over, run them over because your dream is the most important thing. 
Even if you gotta kill people, your dream is the most important thing. <laughs> when Joseph's dream came to pass, he was serving another man's vision. When Joseph was taken and sold into slavery, he was forced to serve another man, Potiphar's vision. When he was falsely accused and thrown into prison, it was a test to see that with false accusation, with the height of injustice done to him in the prison, does he go victim mentality and just... But the Bible says the Lord was with Joseph and served the prison keeper, so much so that the prison keeper saw that everything he put under Joseph, Joseph was, he served another man's vision, even in a prison. No wonder God could exalt him to the right hand of Pharaoh because Joseph was faithful with another man's vision. The worst statement, Pastor Jesse, I've ever heard. The worst statement. Oh, it, it, was, it was evil. Pastor Phil Pringle many years ago said, how you treat a rental car is how much integrity you've got. Because I would trash that thing. Not my car. Look in the back, just, hey, you got some McDonald's, there's a trash can. Oh, just throw it in the back seat. Someone else is going to clean it. Turn it back dirty, dry. And then I hear this horrible saying that integrity is how you, how you treat a rental car. I'm like, wow. The guy in the parable of the talents, the guy who was the wicked, lazy servant, all the, the other two said, Master, you entrusted to me five talents. Look, I have traded with them and produced five more. I have traded with them and produced two more. The third guy said, you're a hard man. Reaping where you haven't sown, gathering where you haven't sown. So I took your money and I hit it into the ground. Here, have back what is yours. You know what he never did? He never took responsibility. He never took He never took ownership. The first two, you gave me. And I went out and I traded and look what I did. I reproduced. Be very, very wary of people that never take responsibility. Can I tell you, God tests with responsibility before he trusts with authority. We never just put somebody into leadership. We never give someone a title or a position hoping that they'll then live up to it. We always, because I'm, I'm not smarter than Jesus or the Bible. So if Jesus in the Bible says, hey, test with responsibility before you trust with authority, that's everything. If you can't be responsible, you can't be in authority. In fact, the level of authority that you carry is directly, uh, directly corresponding to the level of responsibility you carry. Amen. Come on, stand to your feet. Come on, how, how many people thank God? And that, that's just, I mean, there are hundreds of these that Jesus taught. The kingdom revealer. These, these, are, these are laws that an unchurched person, I don't believe in a Bible, <laughs> to your own detriment, you fool. Um, the advantage that we have. 
My God, lift your hands. The advantage. You have an advantage in the marketplace. You are going to flourish. You are going to thrive. And they're going to wonder why it's not fair. I understand you'll be persecuted, but you'll be persecuted because they see this word on the inside of you. They see the laws of God. Every single one of you here. The more of these laws that you apply to your life, the more your life will elevate, the more it'll rise, the more it'll lift up above gravity and soar through the clouds. There is no limit. There is no ceiling on what God can do in you, with you, through you, and for you. Father, we thank you, Jesus, that you are a kingdom revealer. And our assignment is to reveal the kingdom. And when they keep saying, well, they preach that prosperity gospel, and that's why everybody, yeah, that's exactly what we do. We reveal how the kingdom can elevate your life and make your life better because it's invisible but it is present just because it's invisible doesn't mean it's not real it's invisible and it's eternal and it's right here right now and if you apply these principles your life will thrive and no wonder people are pressing into it so father we thank you lord god we thank you for our wednesday services our sunday services let people say my god the teaching in that house has changed my life changed my marriage changed my heart changed my family changed my finances changed my future because I discovered that a kingdom was revealed that I'm born again into. Somebody say amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages information about upcoming events and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined we loved having you with us today we look forward to seeing you again god bless you live a life that is transformative bye for now